0: everybody. Penny's uh, my sister from another (laughs) mister, but um, we've known each other about four years, but I'd love to tell you a little bit more about Penny. She, uh, in her job job, not in her desire of what she wants to do, but what she's doing right now, she writes the training manuals for the Affordable Care Act. And that's no, and she also won the National Pulse Award for doing that, and an International Pulse Award as well. So she won't tell you all this, but I would. She's an author of a book called Giving Myself Permission. And it helps us to learn about what, and this is something I talk about a lot because she taught me about it, our inherited weaknesses that actually even our parents, trying to, to get us to do good things, taught us some weaknesses that, don't, that put, keep us down and don't let us rise to our full potential. And she's a wonderful speaker, and I'm glad to have her here this morning. Thank y'all.
1: Um, let me just say this is a, um, a bittersweet moment for me To my big brother, Bill, you are holy and you are whole. And I see you sitting right there next to my big sister, Nancy. Ain't no mountain high enough. But I also got to say this. (laughs) Um that bloodline on the front line. Let's get loose. <laughs> thank you. Uh those who know that's Beyonce's song. I will not break out in that dance because I've been hurt myself up here, <laughs> disjointed it something. Uh but I see that as when I don't know what her meaning is, but I'm I'm thinking that when she says bloodline on the front line, she's calling in Uh, and rallying her divine allies, ancestors, sacred others. She's calling those in and she says, let's get loose. And so whatever I say from now on ain't on me, it's on them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. When, um, this message is not my own. (laughs) I actually stole it from, uh, or the title is not mine, I stole it from a movie that came out in 1999 and it starred Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. I didn't watch it, I'm not a fan of either one of them, so I didn't watch it, (laughs) so. But uh, Spirit, when my divine allies said that this was the title and decided to use it as a metaphor to to speak to us, to give us messages, uh, it wasn't until last night that I was like, well, why this? Because I'm always checking in, making sure of that, because they will do some last minute changes on me, okay? And so I checked in last night and I said, well, why this message? And their response to me was immediately that we are in this time and dispensation where several of us, many of us, are looking at the world around us and what is happening and we are despondent, we are in sorrow and we wonder what it is that we can do to change things. And sometimes we feel hopeless, helpless, of the things that is going on, what can we do? And so my angel says, but we want you all to know that we see, we hear you, but we also want you to hear us. But you can't because your eyes are wide shut, okay? So I was like, okay. The writer of the movie um, defines this condition as a person who may be aware and awake, but refuses to see something in plain sight because of our preconceived notions or Uh, what we want something to be or to feel like or to do. So we can't see the truth because we're wanting to see something else instead. The writer also suggests that this is often a condition of people who are naive, um, that their innocence blinds them to the actual truth. But the movie goes on to say that there are, or the reviewers said that there was many, or there were several close up shots uh, to people's to the, the the actor's eyes and a mask, and there was something in regards to that you're shy. Did you just watch the movie? But anyway, they were saying that there was constantly uh, those close-ups panning into the eyes and a mask, and there was a definition behind that. I won't get into that because Spirit told me their own rendition of what that really means. So. Again, the alternative perspective of these two symbols as well as the definition for Eyes Wide Shut. From the perspective of Eyes Wide Shut, I'm referring to being non-receptive to the language of the universe and the way it responds to our conscious and unconscious questions, concerns, thoughts, and worries. The eyes represents a gateway to our soul. Years ago when I started my um, professional career uh, looking at the direction that I wanted to go, I wanted to be an ophthalmologist. I always felt like, you know, looking into the eyes of another person was in fact the window to their soul. That if I was looking at them for their, the health of their eyes, I would also be gifted to see within them. Now when I go to the ophthalmologist now, of course that didn't happen. I went into whole something else. But when I go to the ophthalmologist, he does a 3D um, um, kind of x-ray on my eyes. And I think it's so cool because while I can only see the pupil and the iris and things like that, that 3D imaging that he gives of my eyes sees behind my eyes, be, behind behind them. And I'm always just really just, wow, that's so cool. And that's how I felt when I wanted to be an ophthalmologist. But the Christian Bible says that The eyes are our most valuable tools in life. Especially when our perception is of a situation is somewhat foggy, cloudy. We're misinterpreting what is really going on. Uh, Matthew 6.22 says, the eyes are the lamp of the body. So if your eyes are healthy, the whole body is full of light. So but for me, I'm asking what eyes are we really talking about? What, what are we really talking about when we say the eyes? The mask represents the various personas, or what I believe are just our cloaks of invisibilities that we, when we're in certain situations, we start putting on different costumes and outfits to fit into our so-called comfort zones the people that are around us that we're trying to please and things like that. So they become our that mask that we wear, the personas that we put on, it becomes our cloak of invisibility. Now, sometimes that cloak of invisibility is cool, it's good, because people you want to make sure that people don't damage who you are. But most of us are using it to hide our self. And anybody who knows me knows that I use the word self as an acronym and it's in all capital letters, and it stands for our sacred expressive life force. So when we are using that cloak of invisibility, the mask that we wear, we are suppressing our sacred expressive life force. That voice that is of divine oneness that is flowing through us and is hoping, wishing, pushing to come out, but yet we are suppressing it because we we prefer to live with our eyes wide shut. Now, Nancy and and Bill often tell me that I'm good at hearing and the, or being receptive to divine oneness, the messages that are coming. My sister Sheila always says that my mom and my grandmother who have already passed over, she believes that I have a better um, relationship with them in the spirit that she and my other sisters will never have. Now, I'm just gonna say that I really don't have any greater skills than anybody in this room. The difference is, is that I have been devoted and intentional in hearing and seeing myself. And as I read in the book, when you know yourself, you know the essence, the nature of everything. And so I have divided or devoted myself to learning my sacred expressive life force, to knowing that energy so that I can see everything. So again, everything I'm saying from here on is going to be in retrospect. Because I didn't, I didn't just wake up and do this. This has been a journey for me. And a lot has happened in this journey to move me to a sense of confidence to be that. So when I think about Eyes Wide Shut in my own life, I am reminded of a childhood game that I, we used to play when we were growing up. And this childhood game, I don't know what the name of it was, but one person would be blindfolded or they would close their eyes, and the rest of us would be in a circle scattered around, and we couldn't move, but we would be in this circle taunting that person. And that person that's blindfolded, we, we, that person would walk on. I am blind, I cannot see. And if I knock you down, don't you blame it on me. anybody Anybody remember that game or play that game? Okay, but anyway, we played it. I don't know what the objective of that game was. We just played it until we got bored. But there was a time in my life that I was operating just like that. Blind, I'm blind, I can't see. Living with my eyes wide shut. Bumping into things. Making a mess of things and situations. But yet, as the song says, don't blame it on me. Don't blame what I did on me. Because that was somebody else's fault. Somebody else did that to me. It was my past life. It was my inherited weaknesses. It was, it was, it was. And I didn't want to take responsibilities for that. But here was, in, in, total, in total transparency, I was sometimes willfully blind. It was better to be blind than to accept the chaos that I was creating in my own life. It was better to say, you know what, somebody else is doing that, or be into denial than to accept my own hand in what I was experiencing. I don't want to hear it with that. So again, eyes wide shut because I don't want to see or my preconceived notions were something else. So again, the outside others was my convenient scapegoat. And you say, why? Why, because one, first and foremost, outside others would say to me that I was afraid to really show that self, my sacred expressive life force, to even take it, to take responsibilities for the things that I was doing because of criticism. I was afraid of the rejection. I was afraid of abandonment. I was told, stay in your place. And so with that, I learned to suppress and, and, and push down everything that made me great, that made me who I am. And so let your light so shine. That was the thing that kept coming to me as I was trying to stay in denial of my life. And over and over again, my divine allies, my sacred expressive life force kept saying, let your light so shine so that the world can see Mother, Father, God within you. We need you to be able to show them. And as I read in the book, the universe needs all of me, all of my messiness to be able to expand in and of itself. Did you guys get that? In order for us to truly, or for the universe to expand, it needs us. And as we expand, we bring our goodness, our light to the universe, and it in turn expands. So, as I said before, you are you, but you're also the universe, okay? And it cannot expand, it cannot enrich, it cannot heal if you are comfortable living with your eyes wide shut. And that's not what we are called for. We are called here for purpose and we are here on purpose for purpose. We are not here to suck up air and take up space. We're here to expand, not just ourselves, people around us, the world, everything we interact, in all of our messiness is gonna use it all to expand and to enrich. Now again, I didn't get this overnight, about two years ago, let me just kinda, of go with me on my journey here. Two years ago, I was, I was asked out loud, and I was in a very cavalier, where I was in the kitchen, and I think my ancestors and angels like cooking and eating, because they give me a lot of information in the kitchen. (laughs) So I was in there doing whatever, and I was fretting over some things, and I I then just out of the blue just asked the question. It was cavalier, and I said, what if? I wonder what it would be like to be me without judgment, without self-doubt, without self-imposed limitations, I I asked that, I I wondered, I I didn't have any real intent behind it, it was just a fleeting curiosity, and I went on about my business. Now, a few weeks later, the light in my office went out and it's connected to Alexa. And so if it's offline, I have to flick it back on so it could get, get back on online with, with Alexa. So I was there, nothing had happened that day, nothing motivated me to have this thought, but the light was offline and I went to the light switch and I was flicking it back and forth. And then out of nowhere, I asked the question to my divine allies, I requested. I said to them, flip the switch on in my life. I don't know what I meant by that. I just said it. I was cavalier, I just made the request. And that's what I said earlier that many times when my angel said that I'm, I'm wanting you all to know that even in your unconscious, dismissive way of asking for our guidance, we hear you and we're talking to you but we want you to hear us too. And so I asked that, So I, you know, I was like, flip the switch on. And of course, you know, I remember thinking at that time that I wonder what it would feel like to be a light switch and feel that energy surging through me. That's all I thought and I went on. The light came back on and I went on about my so-called demands of the day. But again, every time I I touched the light switch, I was reminded of my request. And so being a student of a course in miracles and a way of mastery, it teaches us, those two sources constantly teach us that we are the universe, that we are Christ incarnate, that we are Christ-minded, that we are not separate, but we are of divine oneness. We're not a part of, we're not a piece of, we are And that's hard to comprehend. But nonetheless, I've I've been studying that. And so I started saying and playing again this game, what if? What if there is no separation between me and everything around me? What if, as I read earlier, I played with the ideal that the universe and all of its manifestation peers out through me, through my heart chakra, through my sacral chakra, through my sacral chakra, my solar plex, my voice, what if it's all radiating from within me outward? And how would my life be? The Four Agreements says that we keep searching and searching but wherever we turn our heads, the truth is there to see. But with the agreements of false beliefs, emotional attachments to our negative narratives that we store in our mind, we have no eyes to see the truth. So in other words, we are a hosh of preferences, judgments, biases, secrets, and contradictions driven by our inherited weaknesses and learned inhibitions. And so we see with our eyes wide shut. So I wonder if anybody noticed the angelic being at the top of that slide. No worries if you didn't see it. Because we have a tendency to be see in one dimensions, to see only what is concerned for us. We have a tendency to only see what our fragile egos want us to see in, to, in support <laughs> of whatever madness is going on that day. But we're talking about eyes to see beyond our madness and to be able to translate or transmute that madness into messages that the universe is saying to us. So, we could truly really set our sacred expressive life force free anytime we want to by simply that saying what if? What if I embrace the reality that the universe divine oneness mixes and transmutes all of my unique energies of love pain, regret, poor choices, anger, joy, all the things that we grieve about our life, what if the universe truly uses that to expand us and the world around us? Again, it's about learning to be that guiding light or to gaining more light for more sight, okay? So I wanna kinda just share with you, uh, uh, Perry, if you'll slip it over, uh, I just want to share with you guys the uh, what I use just a simple way you can guys you can do this any way you want to, but this has been my journey of how i 've been learning to truly hear and see and feel my divine allies in the whole world talking to me at any given time but first and foremost I just I really have to say that it 's critical that my casual statement of "I wonder what it would be like to be me without the limitations," that's important because we have to get that—that that, we have to heal that before we can begin to see. Because sometimes we're so, uh, um, I guess, concentrated and obsessed with the pains that is within us that we cannot see anything else. So we have to do the work to actually move beyond our judgments and our self-imposed limitations. Um, and all of that really is, is hard work. So yeah, don't don't think that it's easy and you can just say it and it'd be done. So knowing yourself, as as I read earlier, know yourself, your sacred expressive life force is to know the nature of everything. Now that means trusting, trusting, not your ego self but your sacred self, making friends with that, moving back within yourself and seeing what that place and that person looks like. So uh, as my divine allies flipped the switch on, I started playing with the ideals of. And so what I first do is that whenever I see something strange, before when I was blind and could not see, something would happen. I was like, that's strange. Or I'd minimize the value of it and say, and especially if it was coming from inside me, I was like, oh, that's my crazy. Or, oh, I would never say something like that. Uh, And so I diminished and devalued many things that was coming through me. And so I started out first having to heal myself. And then when I would see that strange thing happen or that feeling, I went through a series of questions. And that's the first three here. What was my previous mental projections? What was on my screen in my mind? What movie was playing? What scenario was going off? What concern, worry, question? What was really there prior to me seeing or hearing that thing? And then once I did that, I would then ask the question, is it in line with my divine desire? Our ego has a desire to keep us down. Our divine desire is about expanding us so that we can expand the universe. And it's important to know the difference because people always say to me, well, how do you know the difference? It's always the energy of fear or of love. It's always the energy of condemnation or guidance. That's how you know the difference. That's how you know who's talking and who's not. Okay? And so when we are talking, when I'm looking at that, I'm saying, is this in line with my divine allies and my divine desires? Does it make my heart and mind expand or shrink? And I'll give you guys examples of how that actually works in my own life. And then once I make those assessments, I then ask the questions, what is this message really saying to me? Is it trying to express encouragement Is it validating me? Because I just had a question about that was concerned around or regarding self-doubt. But was that message that I just heard or felt, was it validating my essence, my significance to the universe and the work that I'm called here to do? And so I do that. I I ask, is this encouragement, validation, guidance to, to act upon something or to take a particular action? Is it insight, knowledge, or clarity? These are all the questions. You can ask your own questions, but is there a need for growth in what I just heard or saw or experienced? Is this person really the, the saw or the metal that's sharpening me or is it just there, my pain in my existence? We got to know, okay? So when I do that, and i give you an example of, of what I mean by that. Sometimes when I'm getting insight, it's instant. Other times I've got to, kind of interpret and pull the pieces together like a puzzle, but nonetheless it always shows itself. So on one occasion I was in the kitchen talking out loud to my divine allies and I was overwhelmed about the responsibility that I'm facing in regards to the learning spa and and you know and things like that. And and so I was really concerned with that and all of the responsibilities and Oh my God! Can I do this and everything? And so all of a sudden, my angel says to me, "Your job is to, They said basically, "Stay focused. You are to write the vision and make it plain. The rest is none of your business." That's exactly what they said to me. I'm like. What they were trying to say is that while I'm always trying to intellectualize things, find a way to pull the pieces together, trying to control the outcome and the way that it presents itself, stay in your lane. The how-to is none of my business. And that's hard for some of us to do. Nancy and us, me and Nancy and and Bill, we're in this mode of um, being okay and embracing the mysteries of life. It's not easy, but we're trying to be there. We're trying to stay there, okay? It's embracing that mystery of life. So they are saying, stay out of our business. You write the plan, make it plain so that you know yourself. That way you know everything about that universe you're getting ready to step into, okay? Another example. I think I was on my way back from Nancy's house and I was on 35 and I'm driving back home and then all of a sudden this Jeep just, and the traffic was kind of thick, and this jeep jumps right in front of me and i had to slam on my brakes to prevent an accident well, while I made sure to control, because defensive driving means I got to pay attention to what's going on behind me so nobody doesn't rear-end me. And, you know, I maybe can make some what's beside me or and all this other stuff. So I was going through all of that. And when I fi- I didn't have time to think about, you jerk. Ah, I didn't have time for any of that. But the moment I made sure that I was in maintain control of my car, I looked back to the Jeep that was now in front of me, about this far in front of me. And I saw on the Jeep, most Jeeps have these tires on it, and then they have a cover on it. And this cover said, adventure awaits you. Now mind you, just prior to that, I was asking Spirit what was on my mental screen. I was talking to Spirit about was I going in the right directions in regards to a particular decision that I had made. And boom, there's the answer or the encouragement in a near miss accident. So there was no need for me to get upset about it. The message was right there. And so I I giggled and I said, thank you. Another example, as I said, I have to piece things together was I went into the kitchen. My ancestors loved to cook and eat. And I saw on the clock 10:10 on the microwave clock. It was says 10:10. And anybody who follows numerology, you know what 10:10 means. It means evolution. It means you know, ending of this begin of this and beginning something new. It means that the angels are there supporting and and all that. Okay, so that's 10:10. So above, so below, right? So I saw that. But whenever I also see 10:10, I think about my niece. Um, she and her wife got married on October 10th at 10 o'clock. So I always think 10:10, 10, 10, you know, and sometimes I think about them and I send light and love and blessings for them and their marriage. And, um, but two seconds later, the phone rings and it's my niece. And so I was like, I, but here's the thing. Prior to her calling, spirit says to me, when I saw the 10:10, 10, 10, my angel said, your assignment has been complete and you have done well. That's what I heard. Then my niece calls. Well, I thought that was for her. So I gave her what I heard. And she says, oh great, thank you, Aunt Penny. I've just been going through some stuff. She was encouraged. But something inside of me said, yeah, you didn't hear me. So I was like, OK, well, was that for me or them? You know. I, So I go walking about, I don't know, 45 minutes later, get my clothes on, I go walking. About five, maybe ten steps away from my house. And I have a tendency to walk in the street. I don't don't know why. Maybe because I have this text in mind. The sidewalks are too small for me, so i got to be in the street because it's big. So anyway, I'm walking in the street, and I'd be darned if I don't see two dimes, ten, ten. And so Spirit was saying to me, no, I'm talking to you. And then an hour later to ensure that I knew that that message 1010 was for me. Now, let me back up a minute. When I saw the 1010 there, I picked up the two dimes and I'm like, what? And they were sitting next to each other. So when I picked them up and I smiled and thanked the angels, I looked down again and there was a snake there, a garden snake. Snakes mean shedding, transformation. So now I'm putting the message together, yes, that 1010 was for you. You are elevating, you are evolving, you are ready for that next step, and we are here with you. So I'm walking an hour later, I find a penny on the ground, just one penny, and my name is Penny. And so my angel said, we're talking to you. Assignment has been complete. Well done, it's time to move to the next level. So that's what I mean by sometimes we have to interpret things. And just remember that if it ever makes your heart sad or it shrinks you, then that is not your angel speaking to you. That is still that old narrative that wants to keep you locked down, quiet you, silence the voice that you are the universe. Okay, so yes, again, we have we can see through sight through sight and sound. We have the ability to communicate within the physical world, but we also have the ability to communicate with divine oneness by translating our messy lives and the interactions that we have with others, good, bad, or indifferent, and to see the messages. That's the light that we see from from our whole self, from our heart. From our heart is the eyes that we see from, okay? So let's take a few moments, if you will. Just take a few moments, and let's close those physical eyes, and take a deep breath, and as you exhale, allow your sight to move beyond the physical agreement that we made to see only a limiting world, full of fear anguish and impossibilities see beyond that with the eyes of of love and light as you continue breathing slowly see the universe in all of its manifestations radiating within your solar plex spreading throughout your body and peering through eyes of your heart, your soul, your voice, your ears. Relax into the feeling of allowing the universe to use all of our messiness to see the wonderment of the world through us. And then allow it to reflect back to you all the messages of love, empowerment, and new light.